Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse and the National Women's Soccer League both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Feeling like you need a punch of energy? Enter wonderful pistachios. I love them. The snack that packs a protein punch. And the best part, they come in so many flavors and so many sizes. Whether you're on the go or chilling at home, wonderful pistachios, they're the go-to snack for me. Here's the real kicker, the protein. These little wonders are one of the highest protein nuts out there. Just one ounce serves up a whopping six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. So visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. I love them. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Let's bring out Jordan Palmer, one of our favorite guests, founder of the Quarterback Summit, training quarterback draft prospect 6214. Coach at the Elite 11. He's got a podcast now called The Quarterback Room. Just interviewed Alabama's quarterback, uh, James Milrow. Um, Jalen Milrow, excuse me. Um, all right, let's, let's jump into something. Let's start with NFL stuff. So, and I lean on you for this because you're looking at real film and you, you, Josh Allen, Darnold, Burrow, Mahomes, you had all these guys young and you've been right on the money with them. I don't know if you had Justin Fields, but I do think there's something interesting. And I have compared him at times to Zach Wilson. When I watch CJ Stroud, one of the things I was taught early is watch feet, watch head. Where are they looking? Stroud clearly identifies who's open and lets her rip. There is no pause. It's very definitive. When I watch Zach and Justin Fields, I would think they could see it. I mean, they, I see their head move, but there is something, some, something in the process that doesn't let them rip. I also think Zach's not that accurate a thrower consistently. So the Justin Fields thing, I've got the injuries. He's not winning a lot. What is, if I said to you, Jordan, what is your guess or what do you know is the one thing that's holding him back? Well, I think with, with him, and, and you can look at this with anybody, right? What, what was the O-line like that year? What, who was the play caller that year? When you look at somebody over a two, three-year span. Um, but I think when you have a dynamic runner, which Justin Fields, nobody's going to argue, he is a dynamic playmaker with his legs. The, the second thing you want to have is you want to combat manufactured completions is what I call it. So we're going to basically say that 10 to 15 attempts a game, whether it's screen, it doesn't even have to be a screen, or it's we're going to lift the coverage with this route to be able to throw it to this guy. Layups? Yeah. You have to, or open jump shots from the elbow in the NBA, which is a layup for me and J-Mac, right? Yeah, right. And so you have to be able to have those. And then 
the next phase is whether it's play action, drop back, you got to throw people open. And so I think that's that piece, that third element of being able to throw people open, which is what we are seeing CJ Stroud do right now. And I think if we had to pick one thing that's impressive about CJ, it's, yeah, guys are open. And when they're not, he's throwing them open. And we always talk about a receiver creating separation. Well, quarterbacks can create separation with their the accuracy, with the trajectory, and how they throw people open. And I think that's the part of Justin's game that has gotten better. But I think that's the thing that would unlock him and, and I think take away any of the uh, uncertainty on him. Are you surprised by C.J. Stroud? I'm surprised that a rookie is playing at the level where <laughs> – is legitimate MVP candidate. I mean, you just go off the numbers. It's legitimate. I'm surprised that a rookie is playing that way. I'm not surprised, and I'm surprised that a rookie in Houston, <laughs> based on they just weren't good last year. You know well, what I mean? I mean like, owner down, new coaching staff, O-line. new everything. Yeah. It's new. Every everybody on that team is doing something new for the first time. So I'm surprised with that in those circumstances that it's happening, but if I had to pick somebody the last couple of years, CJ would be one of the guys I'd pick because he w- I've been around him since he was a kid. I mean, he was he was the last kid we invited to the Elite 11. We took 22 kids that year. What do you mean? So he was borderline? He was the last pick. It was the, all right, we got one more spot. He ends up MVP. <laughs> he wasn't even, I don't even think he had Ohio State offer at that point, right? So he's just, you give him a little bit, and he's just going to take the whole thing. And I think it's that plus the way that he throws it, which we're all so impressed with. Um, I am surprised of a rookie having that level of success. I'm not surprised that it's CJ. And anybody, if you guys get a chance, whenever you spend time with him, you're going to be a much bigger fan after you meet him in person because he's just dynamic. So I said this about Caleb Williams is what is not the real world? This is why so many college quarterbacks, especially at big powerhouses, struggle in the NFL. They never get hit. They never trail. There's never any chaos. So I said, this is actually strangely bad for USC, but great for Caleb Williams. Mm. He has to win only by shootout. He doesn't have great protection. He now has to carry a team that's out of the running for anything legitimate. In a weird way, I look at this and I'm like, oh, this is what the NFL is. Mm -hmm. You get a bad old line and injuries. Oh, your defense stinks. Mm. You're always trailing. you know, when you lead at Alabama your entire career with a great run game, I, you say this about Matt Leinart. Matt Leinart trailed for about five minutes. Yeah. It's not his fault. What do you make of the trajectory? Has he been dinged? Crying in the crowd, the fingernail. Has he been dinged to you? I, I think he's been dinged in things that are irrelevant. I think some people in the media aren't going to like that thing he did, and some people on Twitter aren't going to like the other thing he did. I don't know that he can do anything to ding his draft stock. I think that he's going to be what he's going to be, which is going to look like one of the best prospects we've seen. Um, but I, I look at it, again, for the role that I play in a lot of these guys' lives, sometimes I'm, I coach them all the time, and sometimes it's a workout here or there. But when I look at Caleb, I look at it the next decade, and he's going to get reps. This, and When I say this year, I mean like starting Saturday. He's going to get reps – of stuff that he would otherwise not have gotten until he was in the NFL. And that is the reps of your team is out of it. The thing that you wanted to play for is no longer on the table. It doesn't matter how well you play the next couple of weeks. They can't win the natty. And at this point, he can't win the Heisman either. And so having to not just, I'm not, I have no concerns that he's going to leave it all on the field and give it his all and, and continue to put out highlights and crazy numbers. 
But can you get everybody on the team to do that? Because Trevor Lawrence, when he went into his rookie year, and I did his draft prep, I don't remember exact numbers, but he was like 86 and four, high school and college combined. Like he just never lost. That's not real life. No. And so then he had to learn how to do that as the franchise quarterback of an NFL team. Bryce Young's experienced that right now. Modern day, Alabama, and he could lose to Tyson Bagent from the Chicago Bears tonight. <laughs> I think the Bears are favored. Like, and so when you, when you think about uh, most quarterbacks have to go through that when they get to the NFL, it's not fun and it's, it's kind of like medicine that you don't want to take that you know is going to be good for you. I think the next month for him is really valuable reps at having to get everybody to raise a level of play when you're no longer playing for the thing that you've been training for all year. So this draft class quarterback is better than we suspected. Stroud's better. Anthony Richardson showed a lot. Will Levis looks pretty darn good. Bryce Young just needs help. This coming up class is getting labeled as a great class, and I think it's really good. The way I kind of see it is Caleb and Drake May should succeed regardless of landing spot. Then everybody else is landing spot dependent. Mm. And, and I would say I've seen Bo Nix play twice. I like him. I don't think he can carry a team with a bad O-line. He, to me, is a hard guy to get my arms around because I think Oregon is so well-coached and so talented, they're not asking him to improvise. He just go out, kid, and hit the open man, and I've seen him twice live. There's somebody open. What am I to make? What do you see with Bone? I I said, I kind of feel like it's Derek Carr. I don't Hmm. know what to make of it. Is it him? Is it the staff? I don't know. Yeah, I think anybody who has success throwing – to somebody early in the progression. One or right? two. One or two, right? Like, my eyes go here, he's open, I hit him in stride. It's hard to evaluate those guys because you could say, well, he only throws it to one and two. Uh, you can say that about a lot of quarterbacks. You can say that about Michael Penix. Well, yeah, that's the way that the play was designed and right. it's worked, so that's not a knock. I think one of Bo Nix's best attributes hasn't really showed up this year at Oregon. They don't run with him a lot. And they don't take five and a hitch from Gunn where he's got to manipulate the pocket and bounce around and buy time because the ball's coming out. And those are two elements of his game that I think are going to be dynamic in the NFL. Oh, you do? Oh, he's he's an explosive runner. He's like a He'll be like a 4-5 guy at the combine. Like he's Joe a, Burrow, move down the field, get yards? No, no, no. He's faster than Joe. This is a really fast guy. And so, like that, but we haven't seen that. You saw it at Auburn. But... He, he ripped off some big runs at Auburn, but he, uh, with the 52 start or whatever it's going to end up being, you know, right. the most starts of anybody uh, in college football history, we haven't seen two of his best elements because they've been scheming guys open. He's been playing winning football and getting the ball out of his hands. No, they're really well coached. They don't yeah. fumble. There's no penalties. Yeah. They don't throw picks. Like when you watch him, it's like, yeah, it's just there. He's almost like, just like a sergeant. Do this. Yeah. I mean, he's just sitting back there as a teacher and the kids are all doing the work. And it's not that he's not talented, but that's. I like the way you summed it up. Michael. And, and, and last week, they, they played Cal, and I, I watched tape with these guys and send them stuff. And the first series of the game, he hits his receiver in the hands, and it gets picked. So, like, the balls, they get the ball in the 20. Cal gets it. And then they fumble a ball, and they scoop and score. And it's like a 10-7 ball game early until it was 56-7. to You know, it's just like even when they do, you know, yeah. stumble a little bit, they They were sloppy last week, first time all year. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you a couple of things about Joe Burrow because you, you, you've known Burrow for some time. And um, I always thought Tony Romo was the comp. I said the other day, very few athletes, very few golfers are better on the 18th at the Masters on Sunday. Hmm. Even great golfers, Greg Norman, have unraveled. Burrow's got an MJ Jeter Elway quality where I think he's better 
in the fourth quarter, third and six. There's something about he he's more focused. Did you did you? I mean, because so the other day, Bill Simmons had a tweet like he was watching C.J. Stroud set records, and he I think it was that, and he was like, "We got to figure out a better way <laughs> to get these quarterbacks right because we have no idea where the stars are coming from." Maybe it, maybe it was Will Levis, and my takeaway is we 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 do see it. There are just very few that hit, and you're one of the few people that see it. Mm. So you knew Burrow was going to be good, but are you surprised at his crisis management and his ability to be special in harder situations? Uh, you know, it's easy in hindsight to say no, right? But I'll, I'll say no and why. Um, there's only a couple people I've been around like this where I think one of his superpowers, it's actually not physical. I think it's the inability to process emotions in these moments so some guys are great in the big moment because they've got a sports psychologist that have helped them figure out some tactics that they can handle that right whether you're in that's in sports special forces whatever it is and then some people are able to just control their emotions right and then a lot of people are unable to control their emotions in in a gotta have it moment i just i look at all these these different moments throughout his career because i've watched every snap and that that scramble he had at San Fran, I went up to that Niner game. I thought Darnold was going to play, so I went up to that Niner Bengal game. Right. And, uh, you know, the scramble, he rolls around on the right. Like, that reminds me when they were losing to Texas. Before we realized what LSU was, they were losing to Texas, and he scrambles, rolls right on fourth and ten, and hits Jamar or Justin, one of the two, whatever. And it just, like, turned the season. And then again, and then later in the year versus Georgia. And then, we, so we've seen these moments. And I think the biggest thing with Joe is that he can be – I look at the AFC title game that they won when he went to the Super Bowl. They're in Kansas City. It's freezing. It was minus something, right? And they're down whatever it was, 15, 18, 11, whatever it was. They were down big at half to the Chiefs. And he had an issue with his ankle. He had an issue with his pinky on his throwing hand. Their defense hasn't stopped Mahomes, and they couldn't get anything going on offense. And I think in that moment, it's third and six, and he just sees it as third and six. None of the other elements. So it's not, it's the emotionally like not processing how big this is and what's at stake and all of that. To me, that's the superpower is your ability in those moments to not treat them as every, well, everything that's on the line, but look at it neutrally as, no, this is just second and four. Forget all the other stuff. Yeah. Are you, um, you had Josh Allen as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I say I feel he's a little underserved. I do think, I've said this, obviously Pete Carroll's a great coach, and Belichick was, and McDermott. I said there are two types of coaches. Chuck Knox, when I was a kid, did this. So did Marty Schottenheimer. Cleanup guys. They take a tire fire, and they just, they're organized, attention to detail. They clean up the mess. Parcells could do it over and over. Marty, over and over. It's what they do. Chuck Knox. I think McDermott's that. That coach doesn't often have great vision to the next step, hmm. right? Like Andy Reid can clean it up and then see things, see the development, see things. And, and that's the difference between good coach. Uh, Pete, by the way, is known as a good cleanup guy. He did it at USC, did it at Seattle. I do think he has vision. He saw Russell Wilson was at a place oh. to move off. So Pete can do it. I feel sometimes with Buffalo, um, McDermott butted heads with Dayball a little bit. He butted heads with Leslie Frazier. Is it possible that you can be a good coach, but Josh Allen needs the vision? Because when you're a super talent, the easy, the layup stuff's fine. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, I'm not trying to say McDermott's not a good coach, 
But I feel like they've just hit a wall and they're never going to move past it. Dayball was that, and Dayball was the superpower, the vision. Yep. When the vision left, now you're just organized. Josh's numbers, efficiency, it's all calm. It's all very nice. So I guess my point is, I do feel like even as good as Josh Allen is, he needs a creative in the building. I don't see the creativity with their offense. Am I wrong? It's not schemed up. It's just, it's just hey, Josh, be Superman. I'm just not seeing creative. And I felt like two years ago I was. Yeah. I think Brian Dable, because of what's happening with the Giants and – and, you know, Daniel getting the, the contract and now the ACL. But, like, that – I know he was coach of the year a year ago, but I think people don't realize just how special of an offensive coordinator he was, right? And and when you have a quarterback like Josh Allen, you go, well, they look at the quarterback, right? Well, they got digs. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I just think that it's not a, it's not an indictment on anybody, you know, Ken Dorsey or anybody. I just think Dable is a very special coordinator. I got a lot of guys who I, I hear what they're running and I know how they install it. And there was things that Dable did where – you know, they'd take a shot up in a game, they wouldn't hit it, and the next play they'd take a shot again. And so there was, it was just, there was a very aggressive mentality. And I think that's a hard thing where whatever the reason is, whether they move on uh, to be a head coach or they just move on, that's a hard thing to replace. But the reality is, is this team's won a lot of games and they've been in it at the end of the season for three years now. And right. I, whatever, I don't know the rankings right now, but they'll be in it at the end of this season you too. I do, and with McDermott being a defensive coach, when you lose a corner and your middle linebacker and your best defensive tackle, as, like a, as a defensive in a two-week window, yeah, there's there's more than just figuring out how we're going to stop this opponent. There's figuring out how to fill these major voids, and so I just think it's a, it's they've had so much success and they have so much talent, especially at the quarterback position and Josh, that it's about filling these voids. Some vacated by a coach, and some vacated by injuries. And I think Josh is an elite problem solver, and I'm excited to see how McDermott handles it from what's on his list of stuff to do. But I still think these guys are going to be in it in the, at the at the end with a chance to make a run. Finally, you're a GM. Put the pressure on you. I put it on Joel Klatt yesterday. Do you believe Caleb and Drake May should be the first two taken? Do you believe that? 100%. Okay. Third. Quarterback? Yep. Ooh, I was going to say Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, Yes. Yes to that answer. (laughs) Yes to that one. What, what, you run it, your legacy's on the, because I don't think there's a clear, I've seen Penix, I love the way he throws, but he had two ACL issues. That scared the heck out of me. Yeah. I think Jaden Daniels is going to go in the second round LSU. I think he's a really clever player. I like him a lot. Yeah. I've seen enough out of Bo Nix to know that if I, if I, can take play to his strengths and i would say that about anybody drafted right draft them play to their strengths because that didn't used to be the case right right i mean my brother was a number one pick and didn't play a snap his rookie year because they wanted to give him a year to learn the system and that's obviously not how it's done anymore right (laughs) Right. fast forward to cam newton going number one and they hired gus malzahn to consult (laughs) you know to teach the offense so uh that's not the way it's gone but i I think with bo nix i I say this all the time for young guys to have success you got to be able to create time and space you have to have the mobility to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. I love his. Um, with It's not a knock on anybody else, but if you do have a long list of injuries, I got to factor it in. Yeah, I have to factor it yes. in. Bo's just been healthy. He's started 52 games, partly because he's good and partly because he's been available. right? And then I think just showing that you know he was at Auburn and then he goes to Oregon and it didn't take a year and a half to get rolling. It didn't take six weeks. They started off hot last year, and they've been rolling. And then I love confidence and maturity. I've been around him enough 
to know how confident he is. He's married. He's got everything in order. His dad played. He's been around it. So from a maturity standpoint, he checks both those boxes for me. So I take both third. Okay. Well, then I'm going to take both third because you've been right like Couple more times. than me. <laughs> a lot. All right. He's got a podcast called The Quarterback Room. Check it out. Also, founder of The Quarterback Summit, coach of Elite 11, training quarterback draft prospects for nine or ten years. He's the best in the country at doing it. Uh, Jordan Palmer, quarterback consultant, our friend. All right, J-Mac, Bo Nix third. That's it, J-Mac third. Or, no, not you third. I mean, if Bo he Nicks. says so and you say so, I guess we'll Well, we'll I didn't say it. so. He said so, and I'm Who just, would you have said before I said that? I like Penix, but the injuries. I think Penix throws yeah. an absolutely. He throws a great ball. But his coach is brilliant. He's got two first-round arguable wide receivers. Yeah. He also has a first-round offensive tackle. It's like what you said about Liner. Like, that's true and not his fault. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But when you watch him in person, you're like, I mean, he throws a 40-yard down the sideline. He could fit it in a, a little mailbox. C.J. Stroud's success early, and because nobody questions him as a thrower, right? Velocity, touch, accuracy, all that stuff is going to help Michael Penix's draft stock because they will say, well, here's the negatives, whatever they are. Everybody yeah. has them. And then they'll go, but he throws it so good that it'll offset it. And I think everyone's going to watch CJ, and Ty's going to go to the guy who throws it like that. Yeah. So. I mean, he throws. Kyler Murray has this ability. He throws the prettiest spiral. It doesn't matter. Peyton Manning didn't. The yeah. ball literally is just perfect looking. It so, cuts through any wind. It's just absolutely. And again, his receivers, yeah. amazing. Left tackle, first round. Coach, offensively brilliant. And he uh, moves well enough. Like CJ Stroud. He moves well enough. Yeah. You gotta be able to be you gotta be create. You gotta be able to create. And uh and the dude's a jugs machine. I mean, it, it's not you look don't need throw. to watch look at that highlights. Throw. That's literally perfect. Like these are highlights. So the highlights look great, but like you you just watch them on tape and it's like he might miss, but it was you know, he may get a drop here or there, but it was like it still looked good coming out of his hand and it's consistent. And Some, he's playing in weather. Look at that, in let Indiana me look at that and Washington. There's terrible weather to even in the offseason. Remember Jordan when uh, somebody fell in love with Mitchell Trubisky and he got taken like second Nobody overall. fell in love with him. No, somebody did. He got taken top five. He was so, second. They yeah, traded he went from second three overall. to two to take him. Yeah, I was, in that, in I was in that green room, by the way, because Mitch, Mitch was in there. Uh, Mahomes was not. I was there because I, I trained Deshaun Watson for the draft. And so you usually, you're in the green room and it's a little delay or whatever. And so you hear the table go, They get somebody gets a phone call and they go nuts, right? And you go, oh, they just took him. Well, they trade from three to two, and we're like, I'm with Deshaun. He didn't get a call. Mahomes isn't here, but they got a camera. I'm like, the whole room was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> My agent didn't say that that was on the table. It was kind of what everybody was saying. That was crazy. But go ahead, sorry. But do you think there's a quarterback somebody may fall in love with after May and Williams? Because there seems to be question about three. Is it Knicks? Is it Penix? Is it McCarthy? I, I don't know. I think somebody could fall in love with McCarthy. Um, the mobility winning all of that stuff i think somebody could fall in love with Jaden daniels like when you look at his numbers it's it's like anytime i say this to somebody they go what like have you seen Jaden daniels numbers no i've look, just watched look up play. his stats it's unbelievable <laughs> it's it's as good of a heisman campaign as you're gonna see and it but go to high school it's like the best numbers in california history are like third on the list i mean so he's just always ran for a lot of yards and thrown for a lot of yards and doesn't turn it over so can somebody see him do that? Because he played as a true freshman at ASU, 
and then go to a second school and do it again. And does be, somebody fall in love with Jaden Daniels? By the way, and like Will Levis goes top of the second with a chance to go to a really foundationally strong coach. Yeah. There's, Will Levis now is like, I'll take Mike Vrabel. That's all, Will's a perfect example why I don't like the, is he a first or, or a second rounder? It's like, oh, I think there was teams trying to get into at the end of one to get Will, yeah. and it didn't work out for whatever reason. So he's a second round pick, but one phone call, one deal would have worked out. He's a first round pick. Yeah. Well, Doesn't you, matter. He's look at pick. his arm. Yeah. That's a first round arm. Yeah. So. <laughs> hey, great seeing you. Yeah. Thanks for having uh, me. The podcast is called The Quarterback Room. Jalen Monroe, the quarterback Alabama, on it this week. It's Jordan Palmer, and we uh, take a break. I have a great parlay for you this weekend. Thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, new users. Please use the code HERD, H E R D, when you download the app. Takes a couple of minutes. Now for my parlay picks of the week via DraftKings Sportsbook. I'll take Lions minus two and a half at the Chargers. You know the Chargers don't have much of a home field advantage, and I think the Lions' excellent offensive line can hold off the Chargers' pass rush. I'll take the Cardinals at home plus one and a half against Atlanta. Kyler Murray returns. He wouldn't return unless he was ready to play. I'll take the Cowboys minus 16. I know, weird, right? I hate big favorites. The Giants' offense, though, currently with this quarterback is the worst I've seen in the NFL in years. If you want to take the herd, parlay, check out DraftKings Sportsbook. New users, please use the code HERD, H-E-R-D, when you download the app. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. See show notes for full details. Hi, it's the herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. All right, welcome back. Good stuff. Greg Cosell today. Jordan Palmer was money. Chris Broussard's around the corner. Without further ado, J-Mac with the news. 
No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. C.J. Stroud, we just talked about him. He returns to Ohio this weekend where he was an Ohio State Buckeye star for two seasons. He's facing the Bengals and said he's looking forward to playing another game in Ohio. Yeah, man, I'm excited. Um, I know it'll, it'll be a, a couple Ohio State fans there maybe, um, but uh, I know they'll probably be booing me that day. So um, it is what it is. Um, and I'm excited to go back to Ohio and play. Um, wish it was a little colder. Uh, <laughs> But nah, I'm happy it's not cold. <laughs> but nah, yeah, for sure, I'm excited. Yeah, he's such a fun story. It's, it's really how the spread's about a touchdown. It's six and a half now. I, I like Houston. If it goes to seven, I think Houston's the play. Well, Jamar Chase. Out, Jamar Chase may not play. Sounds well, like he's banged up. And T. Not, Higgins, not 100%. Right. And also, Ravens next week. Yep. They just played the Bills. Yep. That is your classic sandwich game where they win but hide some stuff. They're not going to, you know what I mean? It's one of those things where you hide some things, you got your big, more important game coming up, and then Houston looking at this as like a, a, cir- a circled, you know, circle on the calendar, Joe Burrow on the road. I think it's I think it's kind of a, a, a lower scoring game than you think, and I think I would take hmm. the point. Anything on the money line for you for Houston? They got a shot here? No. Okay. I'm not betting against the Bengals, the Jags, and the Ravens for a while. Bengals? J- J- three AFC teams. Oh, I think they're. Ooh. They went to London, and people forget just discombobulated the Bills. Came home, and everybody said, "Oh, watch out! These teams that come home after two weeks in London and then rolled. They just keep rolling." They I keep- was one of those idiots of the Pittsburgh game. Oof. Next up, one of the best games of the weekend: Niners Jags. 49ers um, beat Trevor Lawrence during his rookie season. But Kyle Shanahan says they're preparing to get a real good Trevor Lawrence on Sunday. I mean, I think Trevor is one of the more talented quarterbacks in this league. He's a problem at any time. He's the height he has, the size he has in that pocket. He can make any throw and what he can do with his legs on any type of play, whether it's a design run for him or just getting out of the pocket and doing off-schedule stuff. Uh, he's, he's always a problem. Yes, you know what is. else is a problem? Uh, Trent Williams did not practice yesterday. Everybody's expecting him to return. If he's not back, they are th- that's not great. The run game just isn't the same. Um... Debo Samuel is back, which is huge. Um, I don't know. I want to take the Niners here, but the Jags have really kicked me in the teeth all season. Well, plus three—that's a number. At three, you take the Jags. But I, if, if 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 San Francisco came out and just did what they did to the Steelers and played literally a flawless game, would you be surprised off no. a bye? That's well, why it's probably, even though I like it, it feels like one of those games I'd rather watch without stress. There's probably a better bet. I thought last week was one of the tougher weeks of the year. Outside of the Jets, plus three, and I missed on that, very few games I loved. Mm. This week, I feel there's two or three that I really like. Okay. Um, Let's get to the final story, which is Bears-Panthers kicking off week 10 tonight. Justin Fields will not go. It is the Tyson-Bagent show. Oh, yeah. A battle of rookie quarterbacks. Uh, A lot of people want to take the under here. Um, Panthers are looking for their second win of the season. Bryce Young off the two-pick-six game last week at home against the lowly Colts. Listen, Bears defense has gotten healthier the last couple weeks. They've been tough and frisky. I just don't know if I can lay it with Bajan. Um I'd rather... There are games I don't want to bet because I don't want to watch it. Is this a take-the-wife-out game and then like maybe no, just I have periodically check the score? I'm going to actually watch it, which is sad. I'm going to sit. This is what I'm going to do by myself tonight. And back in, you know, 
Park City. I'm going to sit and watch this game by myself tonight and be okay. a sad, just a sad. Well, if you're, if you're feeling lonely, you can always come check out my men's league team, final regular season yeah, game, I'll, undefeated. I'll never in my life no. be that lonely. There'll never be a moment where I'm so lonely, I want to go check out What if it's game. a championship game? What will, not what if, when we play in the championship game. Are you there? Nope. It's fun, man. I can wish people the best and not have to participate in consumption. Hey, don't tell the staff, but I'm going to pitch them some footage from the game for Herdline News tomorrow. Just don't tell them yet. How about footage where you're not hitting a jumper? How Why would I do that? How about, how about the other seven? Uh, That's like you putting your uh, just a mediocre take online. Like, why would you do that? Come on. Only the spicy stuff. All right, Jay Mack for the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. <sighs> Bears, Panthers. Pinch me. Chris Broussard next. One more Herd? The Herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search Herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byer. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sits, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Carmen and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip i'd like to check into the centurion lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables Ooh, yum and how you get the most out of select can't miss events with access to the centurion lounge resi priority notified and amex card member benefits at select events You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Welcome back, Chris Broussard. First things first, he was at Madison Square Garden last night for Victor Wembanyama's debut in the Apple. Okay, it was a it was a pretty bumpy ride. They're also missing one of their better shooters. They don't have much to work with. I thought probably he'd be a bit nervous. Um, what was your takeaway? You know, J Mac says when he comes out west, unless he plays like thirty minutes, he refuses to go. My take is, I just want to see the kid on the floor. I know, that's what I said to J-Mac. Great is great. Go watch him play. <laughs> right. What is your interpretation of uh, Wemby? Well, last night, as you said, was underwhelming. Um, just He looks a little, ever since he scored 38 against Phoenix, 
Now, he came out with a good first quarter in the next game against Toronto. Uh, and then since then, he's looked, he hasn't looked the same. Now, I'm still very high on him. I think he's showing that he can be every bit as good as everybody's talked about. But he looks like he might be a tad bit worn down. Yeah. Maybe the physical play is getting to him. I also think, Colin, all of the hype you know, surrounding him has to be maybe wearing him down a bit too. Look, they could use a real point guard. Yes. That is that gets him the ball. Yep. I don't I think he's too young to run the offense through at this point. Shouldn't do that. I like the equal opportunity offense pop is running, but a, a real point guard I think would get him the ball in better places. There are a lot of times when he's open I mean, he's mostly always open because he's so tall. All he has to do is raise his hand. You could throw it up there. But they need somebody that get, would be getting him the ball where he needs it, and I think he'd be even more effective. But like I said, I mean, what's not to like? He will get stronger. Right. You know, that's the only weakness right now, and that's going to come with time. So I watched the Sixers a little bit, not much, because I watched the Warriors' second half, and I watched Wemby early. But I will say this. I know Harden was an assist guy, but I feel like they've had, like, whether it was Simmons or Harden or Okafor, there's always been a guy that's more of an agitator, not a lubricator for chemistry in Philly. And now they don't have any. Now it's just Embiid, you're one. Maxie's an ascending two. Tobias Harris, three. And then Covington and guys that can play roles. I actually think they'll be better without Harden because there's more clarity to what they are offensively. Um, I, 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 I mean, beating Boston's a real thing. Your take on the Sixers, Sands, Harden. Well, I was saying, Colin, for the last month or so before Harden was traded that I thought they could be just as good with, without him as they could with him. I didn't think they could be better, but right now they look better. Yeah. Uh, and part of it is Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse has done a great job coming in there. They're playing at a faster pace than they did last year. The defense is still good. It was good under Doc Rivers. It's good now. And offensively, as you said, there's, they're getting more balance. It is no question. Now, MB was the number one with Harden there. But still, because of Harden's pedigree and just because he had the ball all the time and because he still at times wanted to be that big scorer, there was still a little tension like, well, yeah, it's Embiid the number one, but kind of Harden's in there too. Now, like you said, it is a clear pecking order, and not only has Tyrese Maxey, who we all thought could have great potential, and he's playing, I mean, most people watching the league have known that they're not shocked by what Tyrese Maxey is doing, and he's a high-character guy, but Tobias Harris, I've been saying, look, him giving you 19 a night is yep. not a fluke. I mean, look at his history. He does that. And now you got Kelly Oubre scoring. Yep. Who can keep this up, too? And a nice group of role players. I still have Boston and Milwaukee ahead of them in the East. They're, to me, Philly's a clear third. And let's see how this plays out. Maybe they can get to the point where they could challenge one of those two for the Eastern Conference title. So I'm watching the Warriors' Nuggets. The Nuggets have no bench, and the Warriors now do. Uh, people have said Mahomes has never had a better defense. I'm not sure Steph Curry's ever had a better bench. Uh, now, because Draymond's out, Saric is starting, but Saric's size, Kaminga athlete, CP3, Moody. They're playing 10 guys, and they all contribute, even the rookie. Uh, I don't, although I don't think they'd ever yeah. play him in the playoffs. But I watch Warriors, and I'm like, I got to be honest, the Chris Paul thing works 
seamlessly. Their second unit yeah. totally legit. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. I'm a little surprised at how well Chris has fit in. You know, he's been a guy that's played at a slow pace, been very ball dominant, and he's fit in well. You know, um, so that and, – and to your point, the biggest thing – is when he goes to that second unit, now they are much stronger than they were with oh, Jordan yeah. Poole, yeah. who you can see in Washington all the silliness that he does. <laughs> you know, that was a little bit under wraps in Golden State, but still that was that's what he was about. And so now they're a lot stronger in that regard. My only concern with the Warriors is a lack of size. Right. Sarich has some size. He's 6'10". But I would like to see them maybe as the year goes on, just pick up a guy, a big guy, that if you need him to give you 15 minutes to bang, get a couple fouls, you've got him. But look, Denver, you saw last night they played Denver close. They lost by three. Now, Denver was missing Murray, Jamal Murray, and, of course, Golden State was missing Draymond. So that kind of balances it out. But Draymond does a good job against Jokic. Yeah. Nobody's going to shut him down. Yeah. But Draymond can make it tough on him, as tough as anybody so I'm with you. Look, people thought their window was closed. They're, Denver's clearly the favorite in the West. Yeah. But Golden State's window is still open. You would put them, you would look favorably on them with anybody else in the West. And then with the shooting and Draymond on Jokic, they got it, they'd have a shot against Denver. All right. Chris Broussard, first things first, Nick Wright, Kevin Wilds. They went to that game last night in New York. They were the toast of the town, not Wemby. I assure you that. <laughs> it's good seeing you as always, buddy. I appreciate it. You too, Colin. See All right. you. All right. By the way, J-Mac mentioned this earlier in the NBA. You said LeBron leads the NBA in minutes. He was. I don't know if it is after this. Isn't Rockets that game. crazy? Of course. Now, so, they did play, I think, two overtime games. Okay, but, um, but so... so Excuse Once again, AD's not available. Multiple guys, younger, should be healthier guys, not available. It's very interesting last night. LeBron's always been good after games of giving the sideline reporters time. You ask questions, he'll give you real comments. He's never, you know, LeBron's never, ever ducked a tough question. Listen to his reaction last night. They get housed by Houston. He had to play, you know, as usual. They're very LeBron dependent in year 21. We can't build cohesion if we don't have our, our, our unit. That's simple. We just, we very depleted in the injury side. It seems like you're reserving judgment until you have a better sense of your group. Is that a fair kind of assessment? I don't have an assessment. <laughs> It's just insane. You're yeah. 21. Well, LeBron only played 27 minutes last night, so he's not leading the league in minutes anymore. But, I mean, he logged 42 against the Clippers, Ugh. 37 against Miami when they lost by one, 35 in Orlando, 35 just... in Phoenix. Again, this is unsustainable. Anthony Davis already hurt. Like, they need to power down LeBron, get him some relaxation. This is a marathon, not a sprint. I know you're excited for the Sixers. Let's just let's take a deep breath, Okay. Tobias Harris, you and I'm, Broussard. You and Broussard are going to get people all excited for Tobias Harris. He gives you 18 a night. Okay. All right. Fine. 18 a night in the NBA is an excellent three. I mean, Andrew Wiggins gives you 16. We all love him as a three or a four, don't we? Tobias Harris. Whoa, 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 whoa. Andrew Wiggins plays defense. Andrew Wiggins rebounds. You saw him in the NBA Finals. He was arguably the Finals MVP for a minute before Curry took over. Like, Tobias Harris, how many All-Star games for this guy? Come I, on. I'm not let's, saying – well, I mean – Again, I'm just saying, if my three is a grown-up, 
gives me big minutes and 18 points, I'm okay with that. Okay. He gives you 18. I mean, some people are greedy. Other people I'm are grateful. I, I am grateful oh, for 18. You you want 19 yeah. or what 20. What happens when Kelly Oubre uh, regresses no, 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 to Kel- the mean? Then what? Yeah, well, Kelly okay. Oubre's fine. He yeah. should be. He's your four. He's not going to pump in 20 a night like no, he has been. But he's he's a four. That's that's a, yeah, it all like the reason the Celtics and the Denver Nuggets are the two best teams in the league is because a perceived four, Aaron Gordon, can be the best player on the floor at times. He was a top four pick. Porzingis, the original unicorn, as a four, can literally score 30. That doesn't mean they average that. But when you're four, I mean, Tobias Harris could score 24, and you would not be shocked. That's a, that's a good three in this league. That is a second, third round. That's a conference finals team. If you're three, could give you 24. You're a championship team. If you're four, can give you 30. That's what Wiggins did in the finals. I mean, you're like... Is Wiggins their fourth best player, and he was dropping, he was controlling the finals against the Celtics. See, that's the problem with the NBA. Like the regular season, things l- can look one way, and then you get to the playoffs, and it's a totally different ballgame. NFL's not that way, right? Um, you could make an argument that somebody sneaks in as the sixth seed in the AFC, and hello. I mean, the Bengals, didn't they get to the and, yeah. uh, Super Bowl and nearly road. win the damn thing as a wild yeah, card? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so like things, eh, I, NBA just like, let's enjoy the regular season, let's not get too hyped. About your boy, you get hyped Harris. about your rec league. Well, I can't get exciting. hyped about Jokic that's and Steph. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. I'm I'm getting ready for a very boring night of watching the Chicago Bears and Make the Carolina Panthers. Pick a score, quick. We're running out of time. I don't even want to. I have. I'm just going to watch it and not enjoy it. There's no reason to add to the misery. All right. First things first is around the corner. Thanks to Greg Cosell, Jordan Palmer, Chris Broussardo. It's good to have Bruin. We'll see you tomorrow live in LA. It's the herd. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. 
And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.